0: Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of Compass Church. In this message from April 25th, 2021, Luke Hedinger takes us to Psalm 131 and asks the question: How do we find stability in a world that's increasingly unstable? For more information, check out compasscfc.com. Here's Luke Hedinger. What a good prayer to pray as we as we come before the Lord, as we open up his word together. Um, my name is Luke. For those of you who don't know me, I have the privilege to be able to help out with worship here uh, at Compass along, alongside Molly and Troy. And um, uh, you can go ahead and turn, if, if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn with me to Psalm, uh, Psalm 131 this morning. Um, and if you, if you haven't noticed already my voice doesn't usually sound like this if I've if I've talked to you if I've been in like midweek ministry night this is this is not my normal speaking voice I've uh kind of allergies have been wrecking my throat over the past uh few days and I woke up this morning sounding like this so you're welcome um this is a joy for everybody to hear right um and and if you would just just continue to pray over me that, that my voice would hold out for the end of this uh end of this message um and if you, if you have your Bibles, um, again, we're looking at Psalm 131. And if you know, we, we just came out of uh, going through the book of Proverbs. We've been looking at wisdom. How do we apply godly wisdom to our lives in the areas of parenting? and. Um, uh, money all, all of these different areas and we we kind of closed out that sermon series and next week um, we're going to begin I believe it's next week we're going to begin a new sermon series looking at the uh, the Hebrew Bible which is our Old Testament and looking at the the Greek New Testament uh, as well and what we're going to be doing is we're just looking at the biblical narrative we're looking at the Bible as a whole and saying, God, where are you? Who are you? Um, it's kind of this idea of like, man, look at God as we look at this whole Bible. It's not just, it's not just one book here or there. It's not just, it's not just a, a bunch of you know, sporadic stories, but it's, it's one Bible. It's one book, um, and it is a beautiful thing to behold. And so I'm excited uh, as we go through that. But this morning, as we look at this at this psalm, I believe, uh, I, really, Psalm 131 has been a psalm that has just been um, I've just been meditating on, and, and it's been on my heart and on my mind over the past few months, um, and I believe that that the reason the psalm has been on my heart the reason I believe it's, it's timely for us today is because I believe that David, what he does here in the psalm, is he answers a question for us that I think we still ask today. And that question is, how do I live with stability when my world is increasingly unstable? What does that look like? How do I, how do, I do that? You know, to be honest, I was going to start this morning with kind of a lighthearted, funny illustration. And yet, as I kept thinking about that, it's like we don't live in a lighthearted, funny period of time. Yeah, and sometimes, sometimes it's nice to have levity. I, like, I'm all about comedies. I, I love that. And yet at the same time, there are, there are periods of time where it feels as though from week to week, just new things keep happening. New things, new burdens, new, new things. It's like, what, what do I do about that? And what do I think about that? And how do I approach that? And what do I, how do I live my life? It feels like everything just continues to be unstable. And I just like I'm trying to process what happened throughout the past year, and I just keep getting more and more things thrown at me. Uh, my wife and I, my wife is a licensed professional counselor. We uh, I get to work with her. We have a, a counseling practice called Restore counseling services and and we were talking to another person I think it was this last week and and they were also uh you know working with people in the in the care kind of industry and they were saying this this past year 2020 for sure but 2021 I mean 2020 is in our past 2021 doesn't feel like it's that much better and it it feels as though they were saying as we're working with people it's like this has been such a, a a stressful time and it's like just when you think it can't get any weirder Guess what? Here's something new, right? As, as people are trying to figure out what to do with life, it's like, just when you think it can't get any weirder, oh, uh, guess what? There's a hurricane in Iowa. What? Did you guys know about that? I mean, we live in Missouri, but Iowa, we don't really talk about our neighbors to the north very much, but that happened. You know, we, it's almost like, oh, yeah, the pandemic, all of this is hard. We don't know what to do about that. And oh, guess what? There's a snowstorm on the beaches of Galveston. What? Did you know about that? I mean, Texas is a long way south. They're kind of their own country, or at least they want to be, right? But, um, but that happened, right? My wife's from Texas, so I can kind of make those jokes. But th- th- that was a joke, by the way. I'm very sarcastic. I have to let people know when I'm being funny. Because usually they miss it. But, but that's what happens. That's, it's almost like um, when, my, when my kids were growing up, we have two kids, teenagers. My daughter Elena is 15. My son Jackson 16. And when they were growing up, I, I was so excited. I couldn't wait for them to get to that age where they could play with me. <laughs> Which, you know, it sounds like I didn't have any friends, but, uh, you know, I can, I can admit that I like to play with army guys. I'm a grown man. I can own that. Um, but, but my mom had kept all my Ninja Turtle action figures from when I was little. Anybody? Okay. Yeah. All right. A few. Um, and, and I was like, I can't wait till my kids are old enough. They can play with me. And, and they kind of got to that age. I don't know if it was like three or four. They got to that age. And, and we're playing with, with our guys. And they're like, oh, I beat your guy up because I have super strength. It's like, What? No, you don't have super strength. You're Raphael. Like, uh, he doesn't have super strength. Like, where did you get super strength? Oh, now I have the power of flight. What? You're a turtle. How are you fl- You know, like, now I have laser. Oh, I beat you up. Oh, well, I beat you up. No, you can't do that. I have a shield. It's like, what? No, you don't have a shield. Like, what, what is this? And, and I kind of, I felt like I got to the point where it's like, you know, talking to my three-year-old. It's like, I'm done playing with you, right? <laughs> like, there's There's no rules. It feels like every time I I try and do something, it changes, and I don't know how to keep up. And so, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. And it feels like at times that can be how we approach life, right? It's like from week to week, things keep changing. More things happen. And the, the temptation is to say, you know what? I'm done. I don't know what's happening here. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to process what happened. And I'm so afraid of what might happen next that, you know what? I'm done. And yet in the midst of that instability, insecurity, I believe that David asks and answers the question, infers the question, and answers it. How do we have stability in the midst of that? So if you would, we're, we're going to read this together. And after, after we get done reading it, um, we're going to say, this is the word of the Lord. You're going to say, thanks be to God. It's just a tradition that we do here. Um, just give you a heads up if you're new. But Psalm 131 says, O oh Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me, but, but, I have calmed and quieted my soul, like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, I praise you for your word. I pray that you would speak to us here this morning. I pray that you would strengthen my voice that it would last till the end of this message. And, and God, I pray that I would be understood. And I pray, God, Holy Spirit, more than anything, you would work. And I pray that we would be more in love with you when we walk out these doors than when we came in. I pray that you would be with us. As, and there may be people coming in here with, with major instability this week, major fears, anger, whatever it is. God, I pray that you would speak. Help us to hear your voice. It's in your name, amen. As, as we, we ask this question, how do we have in stability in an increasingly unstable world? I believe what we see in this psalm is David kind of breaks it down in, in three, three points, three ways. The first thing that we're going to see is, well, well if we want to have stability, this is what we, we need to not do. right? This is what we don't do. Don't do this if you want stability. And then if you want stability, this is what you need to do. This is what we do do. And here's the motivation for both okay so as we as we look at this through that lens again we're asking okay how do I have stability in this world in this unstable world the first thing we see is David saying well this is what we don't do okay verse one says oh Lord my heart is not lifted up my eyes are not raised too high I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me do you see what he's saying there he's saying if you want stability the first thing you need to understand is that you cannot control the things that aren't yours to control see that he says, my, oh, Lord, my heart is not lifted up. The, that word lifted up, it's like uh, haughty. We don't really use that anymore unless you're talking about, you know. Anyway, that's a bad joke. But we, we don't use that word, but it's like arrogant, right? Uh, I, I have this arrogant heart. And he, he goes on and he says, my eyes are not raised too high. That, uh, the idea behind the eyes, it's like this uh, presumptuous looking out at everything, like presuming. And, and he said, I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. It's, it's this idea, he's, he's using this idea of like exercise or walking in this way, like being, being all consumed with things that aren't actually mine to be consumed by. He says, if, if we're going to have security in an insecure, unsecure, unstable world, we have to realize and we have to recognize that there are things that are not mine to control. And I, and I believe as we think about this, uh, what does it look like to have an uh, arrogant heart or eyes that are presumptuous or be consumed by things that aren't ours? I, I think that this kind of manifests itself in a couple different ways. I think it can manifest itself in the area of control, right? This, this idea of like looking at things presumptuous or being arrogant, it's this idea of like, well, I mean, I wouldn't do it that way, right? Have you ever had somebody like look at what you're doing and it's like, oh, you're going to do it. Oh, that's how you're going to do it? Okay. I mean, that's one way to do it, right? It's like, excuse me, let's just back up a little bit, right? It's this, it's this idea of control where, um, like, how many of us have ever come to that place in our lives? You think back a long time, and you came to the place where you're like, when I have kids, I'm not going to do that. When I have kids, I'm not going to talk to my kids the way you talk to me. When, when I have kids, I'm never going to spank my kids. I'm never going to make my kids feel what you've made me feel because you're a terrible mother. How many of you been there, right? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, we've been there. And, and guys, I want to I wanna pause real quick, and I want you to, I want you to hear me say that there is, there is abuse that takes place where children are abused, and it's in the name of discipline. Children are abused, and, and, and people lay over Bible verses that say, spare the rod, spoil the child, and it is abuse. And that's a, that is an abomination, okay? But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like when, when I was like seven or so and I lied to my mom and I got a spanking and I went and hid under her sewing machine thinking this will show her, right? She's going to feel bad when she can't find me and then she'll think back to saying, well, maybe I should have been nicer to Luke. Like that's, that's what I'm talking about. Right? And, and we come to this place in this point in time, most of us, not all of us, most of us, we come to this point in time where we reach this magical age where we realize that maybe our parents weren't complete idiots. Right? Or maybe they did know a little bit about what they were talking about. You have been there? Yeah? I like group participation, so you got to let me know that you're not asleep behind those masks. Right? Yeah, we all come to that place and maybe it's because you had your own kids. You had your own kids and you realize like, oh, there's more context to the decisions that are made as a parent, right? Maybe, maybe you have your own kids and you realize like, oh, a loving parent does discipline their kids. Oh, a loving parent, sometimes that does mean spanking. A loving parent, sometimes, sometimes a loving parent does react in ways that, that are a little harsh when their child stays out all night long and doesn't tell them where they are. Sometimes a loving parent does care about that, right? Sometimes a loving parent doesn't let their child de- determine whether or not they're going to go to school. Like when I was a kid and I when I have kids, I'm going to let them decide whether or not they want to go to school, you know? Sometimes a loving parent, you realize, oh, there's more context behind this. Right? You realize that you didn't know what was behind all these things. You didn't, you realize that, or maybe, maybe you don't have kids, you just have a little more life experience, and you realize you're starting to try and make a budget, and you realize like, oh, housing and food, they're not free. And so when I was mad at my parents for not buying me the new Air Jordans so I could fit in with all my friends, maybe there was a reason for that. Maybe food was more important than buying the, the brand new sneakers. Right, we, we, we kind of, this idea of being presumptuous is, is, I mean, we do this on a cosmic scale and this idea of being presumptuous or, or having, a, uh, having a heart that, that's kind of like, oh, I wouldn't do it that way. We look at God and we look at the things around us and we say, why is all of that? If, if God were good, then this wouldn't happen. If I were in charge, if I had the power, if I did it, if I did this, then, then this wouldn't happen. And yet the reality is that David here says there is freedom and security when we submit to a God who is in control and who knows more than we do, right? Not only does this kind of manifest itself in this idea of security, but I think it manifests itself when, when we are in fear over situations and circumstances and what's going to happen, Right? When we, we can be in these places of fear that just completely capsizes us and overwhelms us. And, and we can be fearful of, of where the country's going. Or we can be fearful of, of what's happening with our kids. Or we can be fearful of where my, where my health is going. And, and, and that can lead us to a place where we're creating a future reality where God doesn't exist. Right? Have you been there? We create this future reality where it's like, oh, worst case scenario, this happened. Oh, a hurricane in, in Iowa. Oh, end times. I bet I bet Yellowstone is gonna erupt next. Who knows, right? How many of you, do you remember a few months ago when the tornado sirens went off and they were doing the testing? How many of you went outside? And I mean, it's a beautiful cloudless day. Do you guys remember when that happened? Yes, yeah, some of you. How many of you were like, uh, I mean, this is not the time of year when tornadoes come and it is a beautiful day outside, but who knows? I mean, it's 2021. That makes sense, right? And, and the, the fear would say that's where our world is going. And yet our fear says more oftentimes than what God would say because we don't let God into those, into those future realities. We we be we become consumed. We become occupied. We become uh, we. Our eyes become too presumptuous, and we say, "Well, I bet this is what's going to happen, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this." And yet, David, what he's doing there is he's putting himself in in a proper position with a God who is all powerful, who's all loving, all knowing, a, a God who who spoke. And all creation came into existence. He's putting himself in, in a position with that God. And it's the same thing that Jesus does when his disciples say, Jesus, will you teach us how to pray? And Jesus says, our Father, when you pray, pray in this way. Our Father who art in heaven. Let's just stop there. What is Jesus doing? Is he, is he telling his disciples, hey, when you pray, you need to have a geographical understanding of where God exists. Is that what he's saying? No, he's not giving God's address. He's not saying, hey, when you pray, you need to point in the direction of where God, where God is at right now. Right? He, God's in heaven. Okay, so everybody, like, our Father who art in heaven, like we need to, no, that's not what he's saying. I believe he's making a, a, a distinction. He's, he's talking about the, who holds the authority, right? I mean, it's the same thing we see in Psalm 115 verse 3. Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases, uh, we, we see it again in Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways, God's ways, higher than your ways, my thoughts, your thoughts. Jesus is saying when you pray, pray in the way that you are positioning yourself to the point where you know that you are not God. Where there are things that happen in this world that, yes, we may have fear, and yes, we don't understand why it's going the way it's going, and yet we don't have the whole picture. Pray in a way that you are submitting to the one who holds the authority, the one who loves you, the one who cares for you. Amen. Do you see that? What David is saying here is he's saying there is security when we begin to understand that, that I can't control what is not mine to control. Amen. Okay. Every now and then, I'm I'm taking your temperature, making sure you're still with me. See, David, he he's he's looking at this, and, and so the question is, I think there, what are you trying to control? Right? Where where is your heart at? What's what's causing you? What's causing you internal strife? And and yet the reality is, there's freedom in recognizing that I am not God. The second thing we see here is so so. First of all, he's saying if we want to have security. This is what we don't do. Don't try and control what's not yours to control. But here's what we do. If you want want security, if you want stability in an unstable world, this is what we do. Verse 2, but I have calm and quiet in my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. saying if you want security in an insecure, increasingly unsecure world, don't try and control what's not yours to control. But... Do attend to what is yours to attend to. He's saying, I, I can't control what's out there, but I can attend to what's happening in here. Right? He's saying, I have calm and quiet on my soul like a weaned child with its mother. I, 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 love, I love the way David attends to his internal world. And, and you think about this. We, we don't necessarily know when David wrote this song. This, this could have been written um, when, between the time where David was anointed to be king as a shepherd boy and the time that he became king, right? Do you realize that there was a, there was a period of about 10 years in there? When he, had, when he received the promise that David, you're going to be king, you got this, you're, you're going to wear the crown and, and your kingdom will, will last forever. All, like that, that was the promise. And yet for 10 years, 10 years, he was threatened he was, he was uh, attempts were made on his life. He was slandered. People told crazy stories about him. He had, to, he had to leave his homeland and pretend to be a crazy person for a little while. I mean, if, if, how many times do you think in there David might have been tempted to say, look, if I were God, this is not what I would do. If, if I were God, God is, God is supposed to be a good father, but a good father doesn't treat his children like this. And so I, 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 out. I'm out. I don't want to play anymore, right? I'm done. I can't see where this is going. I don't think this is ever. I don't think this promise you gave me is ever going to come to fruition. So I'm out. And yet he doesn't. He doesn't do that. Maybe this psalm was written uh, when he became king, and yet he was only king of half of the nation. I mean, there again, I mean, I, I, wonder, I wonder what David would have been thinking when it was like, you said I was going to be king of Israel, and yet I'm only king of half. And so is that what you had planned? I, I don't get it. Or maybe he wrote this psalm when his son Absalom stole the crown from him and chased him out. I mean, there, there were so many times in, in David's life where his life was just characterized by turmoil and instability and questions and wondering and, and things where, where we look at that and say, I don't know what God is doing there. And yet what he does in the midst of that, he says, but this is what I do. He says, I look out there and I don't understand what to do with all that. See, there, there are times where, where God oftentimes likes to work outside of our comfort zone, right? Right? There are times where God does, I mean, all throughout Scripture, God is doing things that we don't understand. And David's saying, I don't know what to do with that. I just trust that God is in control. But what I do, and again, this is, this is uh, language of an oath being taken. This is like, this is really weighty. He says, but, it's almost like he's saying, God forbid if I don't attend to what I need to attend to. So I can't control that. I'm not God. But God forbid if I don't take the time to attend to what is happening inside of me. If I don't stop to say, okay, soul, where are we at? What's happening? What are you feeling right now? Oh, I I notice that you're fearful. I notice these different things. He said, God forbid if I don't do that. And I love the picture he presents there of of what his internal world looks like. I mean, David, this, this warrior, poet, king uh this this guy who I, I love when he's when he's talking to uh, uh, Saul right before he attacks Goliath and he's like oh yeah I, I killed a lion I struggled with my sling and then I chased after it and took a hold of it and I killed it it's like what? I would think anybody who is normal person would just hit it with the sling try and rescue the sheep and get away but he goes out like, uh, I mean that's David and this, this incredible warrior king who is this, uh, this brave awesome guy he says yeah my, my soul is like a little baby inside of me I love the picture that David is, is, is painting for us because I think that it shows how he attunes and attends to his own internal world. Because how many of you with little kids, we, we, had, we had quite a few little babies in the first service. How many of you with little kids, when, when your kid is in need, well, first of all, how do you know that your kid is in need? Or a child you're, you're paying attention to? How do you know? Huh? Let you know. They let you know. Why? How? Do they say, excuse me, Father, um, I am in need. I have poop in my pants. Would you please? Do they say, too gross? Sorry. Like, what do they do? Cry. They cry, right? They disrupt your world. They wake you up from sleep. It's like, are you kidding me? Right? And, and so when, when, the, when this child is disrupted, when things are, when things are happening, when they're being loud and, and all of this stuff is going on, what do we do then? How, how do we figure, don't we start going through the checklist? Okay, when's the last time you ate? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't care. Let's just make a bottle. Let's do whatever we need to do. Let's feed this kid. And when's the last time you ate? Okay, uh, well, let's, you know, check the diaper. Have you ever seen people do like the, like the dipstick test where it's like, <laughs> Yeah, oh, why do people do that? Just pick it up, smell it, like, you know, like, but I mean, we do, either you check to see, okay, are they dirty? Do they smell? Okay, no. And we go through this list, this checklist of what's happening. What's happening? What do I need to do? And, and again, if we're, if we're like, if we're not sleep deprived, if, if we're in a good state of mind, we don't lose it on our children. We actually attend to them uh, with, with patience and grace because we know that they can't do anything to help their situation. They're, they're, they're experiencing something right now and we attend to them and we say, okay, w- what is it? What's happening? And yet at times I believe what we do in the midst of, of our insecure world, our internal world is screaming, our alarms are going off, we're fearful, we're angry, all these things are happening and what we do oftentimes is, is instead of stopping, and attending to what's happening, we fire off a Facebook post. Or we, we see some, I, I was looking, I was watching something online here recently where this, this lady was like, oh, this woman online that I don't know is using something I don't understand and I'm angry. I'm gonna, write the, you know. Or, or we get into heated conversations with those around us that we love, or we, we surround ourselves with people who just say the same things we do, or or we we react, don't we? We don't respond, we react. And I believe what David is doing here, what he's saying is, is instead of just reacting to the fear, reacting to the to the insecurity and instability, he's saying, I'm am I'm gonna stop. Have, have you ever have you ever had a had a kid who's starting to they're on the verge of a meltdown. And like one time, one of, one of my kids, I won't name which one, uh, but one of my kids, I was sitting in church, and they started going, ah. I was like, don't you. You yeah. don't ah. Like it didn't work, me shushing them. It didn't work. And then I became very quickly that parent who's, like, dragging their kid out the back of the church trying to figure out, like, what is wrong with this child, right? See, oftentimes when, when we're attending to children, if, if we try and shush them or shut them down, they just get louder, right? It doesn't work. They just get louder. And yet if, if our kids are saying, Dad, 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 you know, tugging on our shirts and we stop and we say... Hey, what is it? What do you need? What happens? What happens usually? Not always, usually. Don't things just kind of start, isn't there a calmness that settles? We can, we can actually listen, we can hear, we can say, what do you need? What's going on? See, see I think when we attend to our internal world in that way, we can, we can stop and we can say, man, I'm, I'm feeling something right now. feeling something I'm feeling I'm feeling fearful I'm feeling fearful that that I might lose my job my job is is in an unstable place man yeah that's hard and instead of saying well take it to the Lord because he's in control I think we can stop and we can stay with that for just a few more minutes We can say man that's hard yeah because if if I lose my job then I don't know where my security's going to come from. What, what am I going to do next? I, all my identity is wrapped up into this job. Oh man, yeah. And if I lose my identity, I lose my, my people, my, I, I'm not belong Do you see? if we stop and if we attend to, and we say, "Hey, what, what is it?" Then we can kind of keep going underneath, and we can say, "Oh yeah, uh, that, that's scary." I wonder what's, what's under, oh man, yeah, that's hard. I wonder what's under, and then we can come to a place where we can actually, we can actually see Jesus and the gospel be applied to the fact that we are scared that we will be, we will be left without anybody. At the bottom of it all, that we're gonna lose our that we're gonna lose our family, that we're gonna lose our people, that we're not gonna belong anymore. And guess what? That's where when we begin to tell the truth, I think that's what we see, David, when we can say, I am afraid right now. And we don't just attend to that and say, Well, but are you a Christian? Hmm. How's your daily Bible reading? Are those wrong? Absolutely not. Should we be in the word every day? Yes. Yes. Yes and amen. But sometimes instead of overlaying, uh, you know, Christian like bumper stickers over things, we need to stop and say, man, that is really hard. Can we get under that? What's under that? Oh you know what, when we get to the bottom of all that, I believe then it says like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. When we can stop and we can attend to what's happening inside, we know that there is someone who can, who can, who can satisfy the needs of our souls. But we can't get there if we're not willing to go to those places, if we're not willing to tell the truth. Do you see that? He's saying, look, if you want stability in an unstable, increasingly unstable world, first of all, what we need to understand is that there are things out there that are not ours to control, but there are things in here that, that God forbid if we don't stop and attend to. And then he, he, he gives us the, uh, the motivation for each. Verse 3, O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. You see, what, what he's doing, I think what he's, what he's telling us is that when we, when we have our hope in the correct places, when we can stop and say, oh, man, yeah, my hope is in the Lord, when we understand that God is in control, when we're reminded that God is in control, we can stop and say, okay, maybe I don't have to get, get angry. Maybe I don't have to fire off this Facebook post. Maybe I don't have to yell at this person. Maybe I don't have to fear that the worst-case scenario is going to happen. Maybe I don't have to, to worry that my country is going to H-E double hockey sticks in a handbag. Maybe I don't have to worry about that because maybe God, maybe God is still in control. Right? Maybe he's still there. Maybe he's still working. You see, when, when we can stop and when we can remind ourselves that God is in control and our hope is in him, then we can, we can understand that we don't have to control everything. Because when we, if we don't understand that someone is in control then we can't stop and give up the control we think we have. Did you hear me say that? Let me say it a different way. If you, you will continue to grasp for control if you think nobody's in control. But if we understand that God is still in control, then we can more easily say, okay, God, maybe, maybe I can let go of this. Maybe I can open, my, open up my hands here. You see, also, amen. Also, if, if we don't understand that God is in control, our fear will wreck us. If we don't understand that God is in control, we can't stop to attend to what's in our internal life. Because we got to keep going. we got to keep rushing. we got to keep working. Because our identity is in what we're doing, not in who we are in Christ. We are human doings, not human beings. If we, if we believe that it's all on our shoulders, if we believe that it's all about us, we got to create the right argument. we got to create the right evangelistic tool. we got to create all of these different things. And, and if we don't stop to recognize and realize that, oh, God is in control. Every, every time I get on a stage to preach, I have to remind myself, God, it's not in how well I can preach, but it's in how well and how much you love your people. My my wife tells me that all the time when I struggle and say, Man, I don't think I did a great job. She's like, Luke, Jesus loves people more than your ability to to present him to them. He loves them. He's he's gonna work in them. It's not on your shoulders. And oh man, there is so much peace and security when I remember oh, my hope is not in my ability. My hope is in the Lord. Amen. See, I, I love when, when we can come to this place, it, it reminds me, like, um, when, when I travel, I am fearful of airports. I'm afraid of airports. I hate airports. Airplanes, I'm fine with. Airports, not so much. I, I, I remember when, uh, when, when my wife and I were flying out of the Quad Cities Airport up in Iowa. And, and the Quad Cities Airport is like three, four gates, maybe, four gates and you know and I kept like I kept looking at my ticket and I kept stressing her out I kept is this the right is this the right gate is this is it it says this says that there says this. you know and she's like yes Luke we're at the right gate actually if we're at the wrong gate we can see all the gates they're all right here they're all in a like if we're at the wrong gate we'll just get up and go to the right one right there you know, but but that's that's how I am when I don't think anybody has control of my situations. My internal world is in, in turmoil, and yet when I travel and I know that somebody else has it, I'm just like, oh man, this is this is great. What's this Oh, Is that a Starbucks? Oh, let's go to the gift store. You know, I'm just like, where's my bags? Where's my like, uh, you know, like I, I, that's an over-exaggeration. But, but that's, that's the way I am when I know somebody else has it. And I believe that when we can remember that our hope is in the Lord, we can be people. We can be people that when the Bible says, come to me, all you who are weak and, and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, that we can actually experience that rest. See, the the reality is, is that we live in a world full of insecurity. And and we are people who are called to rest in the security that we find in Christ. Amen. And yet, oftentimes, if we don't remember that our hope is in the Lord, then we are terrible representatives of that hope that we can show to people out there. Yeah. Sometimes Christians can be the most insecure people there are. Sometimes we as Christians can be the most most vocal and hateful at times, right? Have you seen that? Have you experienced that? Church hurt is a real thing. We can be people who, who instead of, of finding our hope and security in the fact that we serve a God who created everything. And we serve a God who knows the end, even at the beginning. We serve a God who says, uh, you know, one day, I mean Revelation says, one day I will wipe away every tear from their eye. Death will be no more. The, neither will be hurt. All of that's going away. I'm going to undo all of the sadness. We forget that that's the God that we serve. And so we run out into a world that's already insecure. And we, it's almost like we just add more insecurity. And yet I believe when we, when we look at this psalm and when we walk through these steps, when we say, okay, am I trying to control what's not mine to control? Am I, am I truly attending to what's, what is mine to attend to? Where's my hope? Where's my hope at right now? I believe then we can go out into a world and we can display what it looks like to be people who are secure in an insecure world. Amen? See, my prayer for, for us, Compass Church, my prayer is that no matter what happens next week, that we can go out into our workplace we can go out into our schools, we can go out into the world and people can look at us no matter what happens next week, no matter what happens next month, people can look at us and they say, why aren't you freaking out? People can look at us and say, why aren't you stressed the way I'm stressed? Why aren't aren't you going down this path of worst case scenario? What what is going on with you? What's what's happening in your life? And we can say, well, let me tell you about that. And it's not just head knowledge. It's not, just, it's not just trying to be better or do better, but it's a real knowledge that is sinking down and affects our every day. Because I believe when we do that, when we can live that way, I believe other people will look at us and say, I want to know that God. Can, 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 I, can, I, can I follow your God? Can I, can I know your Jesus? Because I need, I need security. I need stability. Let's pray. God I praise you that that we can find stability. God I praise you that in the midst of the craziness of life. God I praise you that you are the same yesterday, today and forever. God I praise you that you that you are a God who says I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I praise you that you are a God who who the Bible says a, a smoldering wick you will not snuff out. A bruised reed you will not break. That, that you know our weaknesses. You know that we are but dust. And you respond to us with compassion. You bring us into yourself. You, you gather us up like a loving father. And God, I pray again. I just pray over, over this group of people gathered here. The, whoever's at home. Maybe people watching outside. I pray, God. That no matter what we're struggling with no matter how we're responding with things in in the news from this past week but god you would help us as as we do seek to be salt and light as we do seek to be agents of change for the world around us god you would help us to do that from a place of security that not because we know all the things but because we know who you are god we love you i pray that you would help us to walk in that help us to walk in who you are it's in your. This sermon is part of the ministry of Compass Evangelical Free Church in Columbia, Missouri. We seek to be a church where Christ's love is at work transforming lives through the power of the Spirit to the glory of God. For more information, check out compassefc.com.